Well, amen and amen. Amen and amen. Why don't we give the Lord another hand clap of praise? Hey, aren't you glad, church, that we're no longer uh, slaves, but children of God is what the Bible says. If you've placed your faith and trust in him, you are a child of uh, the king. And so real quick, Brother Ty, we mind getting some lights on in the house here. Mind getting some lights on for us. Appreciate you. Oh, there we go. And there was light. Praise the Lord. Um, well, uh, so glad that you're here with us this morning. Um, my name is Irvin Waswell. I'm the campus pastor here uh, at Tyler Town Church. And uh, man, so blessed to have you excited to uh, dig into the word here in just a second. But before we do, I just want to remind you of a few things we've got coming up here in the life of uh, our church. The first one, you see it there on the screen, uh, Homecoming Sunday. Uh, two Sundays from today uh, is our home. Homecoming Sunday, where all three of our locations will meet at our Sango camps and have one big outdoor service. Uh, and so we're super pumped about it. It's going to be a great time of uh, worship, uh, which will include all the campus bands together uh, worshiping the Lord. We'll have a time of uh, communication where uh, myself, Pastor Blake at Dunbar Cave and Pastor Derek at Sango will uh, all give short messages. Uh, and then we're going to have a uh, wonderful fellowship. We're calling it the world's uh, biggest potluck. We used to call it the world's greatest, but I think uh, uh, there is actually it's reversed. Uh, we did call it the world's biggest potluck, but there actually is a potluck in Louisville that's a lot larger than what we're doing. So uh, we'd be lying to you if we promoted it as such. Uh, but we're calling it the world's greatest potluck where the church will provide uh, chicken and uh, barbecue. Uh, but uh, we invite you and your family to bring your favorite uh, main dish, favorite side item, favorite dessert. Right. The, uh, that uh, type of uh, item that, you know, that uh, folks are going to be bragging about. We encourage you to bring it on uh, that day. It's going to happen at 10 o'clock uh, at our Sango campus information in your bulletin. And you see it there uh, right off exit 11. You may say, Pastor, Irv, me and my family, we never go down to the south side exit 11. It's all right, man. Hey, the south side, man, it's a great place to be. Uh, it's gonna, we're going to have a great time. Going to be a whole bunch of Talatown folks there, a whole bunch of Dunbar Cave folks there. So you uh, and your family make sure to join us. We'll have inflatables out there for the kids to hang out uh, and play after the service. going to be uh, a great time. And then just a reminder, too, right, the Lord's at work here. Uh, mentioned it last week. We are moving to uh, a third service, uh, moving to a three-service schedule starting October the 22nd. Uh, just a reminder there, the time's 845, 10, and 1115. Uh, and so uh, uh, you guys prepare for that. We encourage you, right, to uh, uh, you and your family to come and worship one. Uh, and serve one or come serve one uh, and worship uh, one. The Lord is at work uh, bringing folks here uh, because of hey, your invitation and your encouragement to folks to come here. Uh, just look around. There's not many seats available. And so we can't grow much more than this. That's why we feel led to move to another service. Uh, and so uh, you make preparations for that and you and your family figure out which service to go to. Let me encourage you. Hey, that 845 is going to be a great time. Hey, you know, that that is the first service of the day. I'm not going to be I'm unpolished at that point, Sister Arlene. Right. I hadn't preached the message yet. So you may get a little more unfiltered, you know, uncut in Jesus name uh, sermon wise. And so uh, so you make sure to uh, to come to that one. I'll encourage that one or the eleven fifteen time. Ten o'clock is uh, the time where majority of our folks will come. But uh, but either way, you make sure to uh, make plans to come and uh, join us. Well, with that being said, if you got a Bible, turn to me to Exodus chapter three. 
Exodus chapter three, continuing our series uh, entitled All In, uh, answering uh, the call of God to go all in for our faith. Uh, The Christian life is not just uh, one that uh, we live on Sundays. Uh, The Christian life isn't just something that we do, man, when things are great in our life. Right. The Christian life. The call for us, if we've surrendered to Christ, man, is to be all in for him in every season, every season. And I'm not just talking about knowing all the facts about him. I'm talking about, man, learning to listen to him and follow him as he leads and guides our life all in. All in Exodus chapter three, we're going to look at a story here about a man that went all in. But before we do that, you know, want to share a story with you, Brother Demetrius. uh, I've mentioned here before that uh, youth ministry, right, was a a big part of uh, my Christian journey. Didn't grow up going to church as a kid. Right. I went to one or two VBSs, uh, you know, every now and again. But it wasn't until I was a teenager that I got invited by a family to go to youth. And I stayed uh, for a couple reasons. Not going to lie to you. Number one. A lot of Wednesday nights, they had free pizza there. And Sunday mornings, they had free donuts. Another reason why I went was because, uh, man, we played basketball after youth. So a lot of times I sat in youth, you know, and thinking, man, I just got to make it. Hey, make it to seven o'clock. Man, I listen to this word. But afterwards, man, we're going, you know, going to go play basketball. Uh, but one of the other reasons was uh, because of these retreats that our uh, youth group would end up going to where we played a game called Capture the Flag. Man, one of my favorite games I remember growing up playing. And if you don't know much about the game, right, Capture the Flag, uh, the goal is you've got two teams, right? You've got the opponent's flag, right, uh, uh, at your in your territory, if you will. And the goal is to go and capture your flag from the opponent's territory without getting tagged or getting caught. That was the objective. But there was another part of the game that uh, was pretty underrated that we learned as we got older and played it more. That was super important. If you got tagged, you went to your opponent's jail, right, where you stayed and you couldn't move until somebody got you out. And so we learned, right, that we needed to have our most athletic person or our fastest dude. We didn't want nobody slow because they're going to end up getting tagged and going to jail anyway. We had to get our most athletic person, fastest dude, to be the person that was in charge of going and setting free those folks that had been captured uh, when they went to go to get the flag. Underrated part of the game. Everybody wants to be the star, man, be the hero and go and, and get the flag from the opponent's base. Man, but what was just as equally as important was, man, that person that was in charge of, hey, going and setting, man, those folks that were in jail free so they can continue to play the game. Hey, listen, you know where I'm going, church, but I'm going to go there anyways. You can't stop me. Hey, in the same way, the Bible tells us, those of us who are in Christ, we have been given this call to go and set the captives free in Jesus' name. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 that we are ambassadors for Christ. Man, imploring folks, hey, come and be reconciled to God. You may say, Pastor Irv, I thought we didn't have any power to set people free. You're right, you don't. But you know the one who's got the keys to set folks free. Hello, his name is Jesus. And, And the call for us, right, is to answer that call. Man, to go and tell others about one that can set them free. Man, all of us have been given that task. It's not just myself. It's not just Pastor Greg, not just the deacons, not just the person that's been a Christian for a long time, not just the person that knows the whole Bible inside and out. All of us have been called. And by the way, Christian, that's been in here a long time, that's been saved for a while. You hadn't graduated from the call. 
The call's still the same. Hey, to go, man, and set the captives free. We see this call, man, brought to Moses' life. In Exodus chapter 3, where he has been given this divine word from the Lord, man, hey, to go and set his people free, set the captives free. And we see Moses go all in for this call. And so Exodus chapter 3 uh, if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. And we're going to read through verses uh, 15, Exodus chapter 3, the story of Moses, well-known man in the Bible. What you may not know about Moses was that at this point in his life, he was a murdering nomad. At Exodus chapter 2, it talks about his life. He was uh, Israelite, born right uh, as an Israelite, but shipped off to Egypt because Pharaoh right, made a declaration that, man, hey, these Israelites, man, they're growing too rapidly. And so we're going to kill off all the uh, firstborn kids, all the men that were there. We're going to kill them off. And so Moses' parents, by faith, man, hey, they shipped Moses off to Egypt where he grew up in an Egyptian family. But then there was some trouble, man, 40 years old. Saw some folks there, man, that were saying stuff they didn't need to be saying, picking on some folks. And Moses ended up killing them and fleeing. And we see him living in the wilderness as a shepherd, right, doing the very task, by the way, that the people that he grew up with in Egypt didn't like. The Egyptians despised shepherds, looked down upon them. And then we see God show up and meet him uh, where he is and give him a divine call. Exodus chapter three. Says this now, Moses was keeping the flock of his father in law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Brother Ryan, just another day. It was just another day for Moses. Hey, he did this every day, just about took his father in law's flock and man went to find a place of pasture in the desert there. And then we see what happens next. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great stop, a great sight. He said, I've got to stop and see what's going on here. This is crazy. What's happening? Why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, Mo, or God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have, excuse me, surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. And now behold, 
The cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which Egypt, in which the Egyptians oppress them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you and this shall be the sign for you. I have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Entitled the message today, all in for the call, all in for the call. Why don't we pray one more time? Together, Lord God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. God, I pray that you would speak to us right now. Lord, have your way. Continue to have your way in this place, Lord. God, help us to be a people that are all in for the call because of who you are Lord, and what you're able to do. God, speak to us now, Lord. Hide me behind your cross. God, may you be exalted above it all. We love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen. Romans 1.16 tells us, for I am unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power to save to the Jew first and then to uh, the Greek. Right. The call for us is, man, to answer uh, the call. And to be all in and for setting the captives free. And we see Moses here giving this call to set the captives free. And my message today, I want to focus. You know, we ought to do this every Sunday. Right. We do this every Sunday. But uh, this morning, I I want to boast on the Lord uh, for a bit and highlight, man, four truths that we see here pertaining uh, to this call, man. Four truths about the Lord here that we see pertaining to this call in Exodus chapter Three, that we ought to uh, recognize. And then I want to highlight a couple of takeaways for us. We know the big truth is, man, that we're called, man, to be folks that uh, look to set the captives free. But we see the Lord at work, man, here in Exodus chapter three and also at work in our lives. And because of that, we ought to, man, choose to answer that call to set people free. Four truths pertaining to the Lord here in Exodus chapter three that we see. The first truth here is this in the first part of. Uh, the pa- <coughs> excuse me, the passage, we see that the Lord draws people to himself. Aren't you glad for that today? Hey, the Lord, man, hey, God Almighty, the one who sits high and looks low, man, he draws people to himself. We see that here. Like I said, it was just another day for Moses in the wilderness. At this time, man, he's 80 years old. Right. He's probably, you know, this is holy conjecture, man, contemplating, you know, life and and decisions that he's made going about, man. Hey, just being the the 
no mad shepherd that he is, man, just doing his thing. And then we see God show up, man. It says an angel of the Lord, but that's what we call a, a theopany, right? Which basically, man, it's the Lord at work there. Though it says the angel of the Lord, man, hey, that, that's that's the Lord there. Some theologians believe that, man, it was Jesus in the burning bush, perhaps. Either way, it's God that's there that meets him, that's talking to him. And he appears in this bush of fire, burning bush, in this desert place. If there was a fire that was set to any kind of uh, uh, agriculture that was there, man, it was going to burn up to a crisp. But this fire is burning, continuing to burn. Right. Why, man? Because, hey, the Lord, man, was drawing Moses to himself. And that's what the Lord does, man. Moses was naturally attracted to this unusual phenomenon and chose to try to understand what was going on by drawing Closer. Here's the truth today. Hey, the Lord will use, man, any measure, man, to try and get your attention, to draw you to him. Now, we know, hey, in in today's context, right, the way that the Lord speaks to us, right, is through his word, by his spirit. Hey, if, if you believe that the Lord is talking to you and it doesn't match his word, then, man, it's not his spirit. Not his spirit. We understand that. But, man, the Lord, hey, will use things, man, hey, to get your attention. I'll give you an example, man. When I was in college, right, worked at this law firm where my mom still works at now, right? Good job, but I despised it, Brother Dwayne. I wasn't a fan, man, of sitting in the law office all day, man. I wanted to get out and and, and preach. Pastor Greg, I, you know, young preacher called ministry. I just wanted to get out and, and preach. But was stuck in this office, man, but it was a good job, man. They paid me well for a 19, 20-year-old. Did well. And then I remember literally all of a sudden, man, one day... Man was told that, hey, your services are no longer needed. I'm thinking, what the? I thought I was doing well, you know. Would let go, trying to figure out what was going on. And then, hey, the the steps after that, man, God getting my attention. Hey, Irv, I got more for you. Hey, I I want you to transfer schools. Man, I was going to a school near where I grew up. He wanted me to go to a school, man, middle of nowhere, Louisiana. I was thinking that wasn't going to happen. Parents weren't going to allow that. Difference between Dallas, Texas and Ruston, Louisiana, though I love Ruston. I mean, it's astronomical. But, hey, he had to let me lose my job in order to get my attention. Say, hey, I'm for real about this thing. The Lord, man, hey, he draws folks to himself. Man, he illuminates himself uh, to uh, shows himself to us. Man, as we seek him out in prayer, man, and in worship, man, he shows himself to us. But also, hey, listen, church, he invites us to himself as well. We see God here, man. Hey, he, he, he says, but hey, Moses, Moses calls him by name. Man, and invites him to himself. I'm glad that he did that. Hey, if you're a child of God in here, hey, the Lord, man, hey, called you out by name. He knew your name, called you out by name and invited him. Invited you to himself. That happened when I was 16 years old, man. Knew a lot about God. Hey, been to church some. Hey, did, you know, did the church thing. But, man, I was far from him. Hey, and he said, hey, Irv, you know all about me, but you don't know me, know me personally. Called me to himself. I'm glad when I was 17 years old, man, hey, he called me out, man, to jump into ministry. Speaks to us, man. He draws us to himself, man. I'm glad that he does, man. The God of the universe, man, he knows our name. 
Some of us are more concerned about what, hey, the folks on Facebook, if they know our name, or the people that we work with, if they know our name. Folks that we work with, if they know our name, man, but the God of the universe knows our name, and he draws us to himself. And, man, for that reason, man, hey, we ought to choose the answer. Man, the call there. He, the Lord draws people to himself. That's the first truth we see. Second truth we see in verses 5 through 6, man, not only does the Lord draw people to himself, man, he defines who he is to the call. Look back at the text here. Moses sees the sight. He's wondering what's going on, what's happening. The Lord calls him, hey, Moses, Moses. Moses answers him. And then verse 5, look what he says. Then he said, hey, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the Lord, I am the God of uh, your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Hey, the Lord here, man, hey, he defines who he is. Can I go ahead and tell you something? Hey, the Lord is near to us. He cares for us. But he is also transcendent. He is also, hey, holy other. He is holy. He's holy. He's more than just your homeboy. He's more than just, hey, your close friend. Man, he is also, man, perfect and holy. And we see him define that in the life of, man, Moses right here in this scripture. He defines who he is to him. He first tells him that he is holy. He's holy. Moses, the place where he was, man, was holy. The question is, what was so special about the ground that he was standing on? Was there something special about that little patch of uh, rock, right, little patch of dirt that he was standing on? No, there wasn't. What was special about it was the fact that the Lord was there. Hey, what made that area holy was the fact that the Lord was there. His presence was there. That's what made it holy. And as a result, man, Moses had to respond accordingly. And in the same way, hey, what makes the call of God, man, to go and and set the captives free? What makes the call of God so important in your life? It's not the fact that you're so special or I'm so special. It's the fact that, man, a holy God has called you to it. That's what makes it important. That's what makes it, hey, worth serving him. Man, it's because he is holy. It's holy. And by the way, I'll go ahead and throw this in free of charge, right? Hey, that, that's what makes the church house here. Holy ground. Because he's here. Hey, I get it, man. Hey, it's awesome, man, to come and say what's up. Hey, you know, come, man, shake hands and, and, and fellowship. I love that, man. That's, that's an awesome part of, of who we are here at Towton. But, man, at the end of the day, we're here to worship a holy God because we're standing on holy ground. Because he's here. He's here. We see here that the Lord, man, tells Moses, right, shows Moses that he is holy. What does holy mean? It's totally other. And nothing compares to him. Transcendent. Transcendent. And, hey, our response, man, to who God is ought to be nothing else but but choosing to worship him. Yes, with our lips, but also with our life. Our life. There is no one like him. When we come into his presence, we ought to be filled with joy, but also ought to be convicted of sin. When we enter into his presence, we ought to worship, but we also ought to choose to repent before him because he is holy. He's holy. First Samuel 2, 2 says it 
like this. There is none holy like the Lord. For there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. Hey, because we have a relationship with this holy God, man, hey, the call for us is to choose to walk in holiness ourselves. Hey, and this, hey, this all, you know, goes along with the, 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 the call to answer this call to set the captives free. The call to be to live lives, man, of holiness for him. Which, by the way, holiness, right, is, is not living perfect. We can't live perfect. Holiness is choosing, man, to tether yourself to the perfect one, the Lord. And as you walk with him, man, hey, you, you grow a desire to want to honor him by how you live your life. And what that looks like, man, is choosing to answer this call. And to set the captives free, man. The Lord defines who he is of the called. He is holy, but also, man, he shares that he is the only God. He says in verse six, hey, tell Understand this, that, hey, I am, hey, the God of, man, your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Man, when Moses heard from the bush, hey, man, I am the Lord here, he could have had a thought that it could have been one of many gods at this point. And he understood being an Israelite, man, who uh, Yahweh God was to an extent. But, man, there were plenty of gods in Egypt that people worshipped and followed. The Lord wanted to go ahead and make it clear, hey, this calling that you're receiving, it's not from any other gods, which, by the way, don't exist. It's from me, the God of Abraham, Isaac and uh, Jacob. Hey, the God who called Abraham out from Ur of the Chaldees, man, to follow me. That's who's speaking to you right now. The one true God. And hey, for that reason, man, we ought to answer that call because, hey, the one true God has called us out. Man, to. Look to set the captives free. He wasn't just some unknown God, man. He was God alone. That's why we take this call so important. Because the one true God, man, is the one that has called us to hear me. He's the only God. First Timothy two, four and five says it like this, man. Excuse me. Paul encouraging Timothy here. Right. Speaking to this Lord, speaking to this God that we're talking about. It's God who desires all people to be saved, which, by the way, he still does. Knowing this side of eternity is too far gone, man, to receive the Lord's saving grace. He desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man. That man, Jesus Christ, man, there's only one God. That's why we answer this call. The Lord, hey, he defines who he is to Moses. And my hope and prayer is that you see God for who he really is. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. Hey, the way that you view the Lord, man, leads to how you choose to live for him. Some of us in here have a low view of God. That's why our Christian life is just uh, uh, composed to just a Sunday morning experience. And that's it. Hey, the way that we view God is going to lead to how we choose to live for him. See him for how the word sees him. I mean, as you see him that way, man, that'll lead you to answer the call that he has given us. And the Lord defines who he is to the Lord. But thirdly, we see here this, man, and I love this part, too, man. Lord is transcendent. He's otherworldly. He's holy. But also, man, we see, man, his care and compassion. The Lord demonstrates his care for his people. The Lord cares for his people. Verses 7 through 12 speaks to that. Yahweh God says, hey, I've heard the cries of, man, the people of Israel in Egypt. Man, the struggles that they're having. And and it's risen to me. I see where they're at. 
I see their pain, their agony. And I'm looking to find a way out for them. The Lord cares for his people. Hey, do you know why, right? We've been given this call to set the captives free. Because the Lord cares for the folks that are in captivity. It's not just to give us another thing to do. Hey, it's not just, hey, to, to give us something that we can earn a star, right, to when we get to heaven in terms of how uh, how great we've been. It's because he cares for the folks that are lost. He cares for the folks that are caught in addiction. He cares for the folks that are in your workplace that that are wandering aimlessly trying to find the meaning of life. He cares for that mother that you see uh, week in and week out that is hurting. He cares. He cares. And he demonstrates his care, man, and his call on our life and to set the captives free. We see how he cares. Number one, by this man, he sees us. He's the God who sees. Man, other religions, right? Other philosophies, man, they believe that their God is one that just sits, man, uh, far, far in a galaxy, far, far away, has no care, has no regard for the people doesn't see them, man. He, he just encourages them to figure it all out. That's not our God, man. He sees the hurting, man. Sees the broken. He sees the brokenness around us. Man, he wants to meet those people where they are. Sees us. Remember that story in Genesis chapter 17? Hagar, right? Abraham's servant. Remember? Abraham slept with Hagar. They end up having a child. Right. Sarah and Hagar, there's some baby mama drama going on. Right. <laughs> Sarah kicks out Hagar. Right. And, and Ishmael out of the house. Hagar with this young child is, is literally left out in the cold. And then we see where God meets Hagar and Ishmael there, encourages them. And Hagar at the end says, hey, you are El Roy, the God who sees me. Hey, the Lord sees us and our hurt, but he also sees those around us, man, that are hurting. That's why he sends us. And we see that he demonstrates his care, man, by uh, providing uh, for those that are hurting as well. Like I mentioned earlier, hey, you and I are the provision. I believe I'll say that one more time. You and I are the provision for folks that are broken up, beat up, hurting around us. We're the provision. He has called us, sent us, man, to be those folks, man. And minister to those that are around. And so the call for us is to, man, get rid of the excuses and to choose to answer the call. Hey, I'm hey, I'm glad there were people in my life, man, that understood that they were the provision for me. And shared the gospel with me so that I can come to know him. Quit waiting on somebody else. Quit thinking that you're unqualified. Man, and choose to answer the call, man. The Lord demonstrates his care for people. And then fourthly and lastly, and uh, we'll go to get to some takeaway points here. Man, the Lord in turn directs us to go as ambassadors for him. Moses, he gives some excuses here. In Exodus 3 and 4, Moses gives five excuses about uh, why he... Can't go. Gives questions. He says, hey, I'm just not able to do it. I'm not qualified. I can't speak well. He gives all kinds of excuses. One of the excuses that he gives, hey, man, what am I supposed to tell folks if you if someone asks who's sending me? 
The Lord says, hey, tell them, man, I am that I am. Tell them that I am has sent you. I love what one commentary says about that statement, right? Uh, the great, uh, was known as the Tetragrammaton, right? The I am that I am, Yahweh, right? Uh, uh, the name so holy and sacred, man. The, the Israelite folks, they wouldn't even say it. Wouldn't even uh, mutter it. Right? I love what one commentary says. By authorizing Moses to say that I am has sent me to you, God made Moses, hello, his ambassadorial representative. That is prophet, assigned to speak on his behalf to the Israelites. They would have recognized if they perceived the situation correctly that what he said was not of his own making, but was the word of Yahweh. The God of their forefathers. And so in turn, hey, because here it is, because we have been saved by his grace, by the one who is the great I am. Man, we are called man to be his representatives man to go and set the captives free man. Remember. Who sent you? Tim. And choose to be willing to share what he is able to do at the end of the day. Man, the Lord directs us to go as ambassadors for him. A couple of takeaways this morning and then I will be finished today from this story. Right. The first takeaway. How do we respond to this? First takeaway is this. Hey, choose to respond to God's draw. You may say, Pastor Irv, man, I'm not Moses. I haven't been called, man, to, you know, physically liberate millions of people from enslavement. You're right. You may not have been be called to physically liberate millions of people, but I, I will tell you, you are called, man, to share the gospel that sets that person who's lost in your workplace free. So as the Lord leads and draws you, man, hey, choose to respond to his draw. Man, don't wait for somebody else to do it. Choose to respond to God's draw. Secondly, hey, choose to walk in holiness. The first step in serving God, right, is choosing to live lives set apart for him. That's what holiness is, man, living a life set apart as you're tethered to the perfect one. Man, walk in holiness. Hey, take your walk with God seriously. Take, man, living for him seriously. Man, choose to walk in holiness. Thirdly, hey, eliminate the excuses. Moses had plenty. You've probably got plenty. I've had plenty. There have been many times in my life, man. Hey, neighbor across I know doesn't go to church. They may not know the Lord. Plenty of times he's out there. We're in conversation. I think, man, I got something to do. Oh, the, you know, the Cowboys are playing. I've used that excuse in like July, right? The Cowboys, they hadn't started a couple months. Just an excuse. Man, eliminate the excuses. Moses had plenty. But whenever it got down to it, man, and he reluctantly but finally said, you know what, man? Hey, I'm, I'm going to be all in for this thing, man. We see how the Lord used 
Yeah. And then fourthly and lastly, hey, choose to proclaim the gospel message that has the power to set people free. Man, share the word. Share the word. As the Lord, man, leads you in your life, hey, choose to share, man. Choose to invite. That's how folks, man, end up getting set free is when we choose to say that we're unashamed of the gospel and share. I'll end with this. Um, Y'all probably all can relate to this struggle, right? The struggle is real. Um, You know, our phone, you know, got various people that will call throughout uh, uh, the day. Uh, You know, some of you may have more folks call than others, but got various folks that call throughout the day. And I'm thankful for caller ID because, man, when the phone rings, Brother Blaine, I could see a name there. Pastor Greg, okay, I have an idea perhaps on what, you know, this conversation is going to be about. At some point, we're going to talk about, you know, football. But majority of the time, it's probably going to be something related to church. And so I have my mind, man, on that. See the call, man? Hey, there's an old friend. Wow, it's been a while, man. Either I'm perceiving that they may be in trouble or, man, they're looking to catch up. I'm looking forward to having that conversation. And then, you know, you've got numbers, folks that you may not know, man, that I'll pick up every now and again. And it's a scam or, you know, someone trying to sell me insurance in a different country or lately someone, you know, trying to buy my house. And so I'll tell them, yeah, I'll sell it to you. Two million dollars straight cash. If you got it, I'll sell it to you. you got those calls and then you got others. Right. And, and thankful for this feature. Man, that it shows up and it says possibly scam. And those, hey, I just hit silent and let it go to voicemail. I'm thankful for that feature. The question today is this. When the Lord calls and leads you. Are you going to treat that call like one of those spam calls that you get? And hey, just hit silent on it. Hey, just let it go to voicemail. Oh, hey, I, hey, Lord, I, hey, I'll pick it up later. I got you. I'm busy now. Life's difficult right now. Hey, that per- that person doesn't even really deserve to hear from me anyway, so I let it go. Or are you going to choose the answer? Like I mentioned earlier, I'm glad, man, that there were people in my life when God led them answered that call to share the gospel with me. So that I could be set free. There's people all around you, man, that are waiting to hear. And choose to answer the call. To set captives free.